Welcome, everyone, to the Meaningful Hearts Podcast, where we discuss the everyday questions that make us or break us if we let them. With your hosts, Drew and Daniela, take our hands and let's walk this journey together. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Meaningful Hearts podcast. This one might be a long one. So if you are sitting somewhere, it might be helpful to grab maybe something to write with or just be mindful to like use your phone if you're driving or if you're unable to, that's okay. But just fair warning. In this episode, we are going to talk about how to process our emotions or the fancy term that we use in therapy is emotional processing. <laughs> um, but I thought that it would be a good idea to talk about what this looks like, what this means, and how can we develop or have a framework for doing so. And of course, Drew, as always, loves my ideas. So he agreed. <laughs> Nodding. And I have a, a big bowl of popcorn. I'm ready. <laughs> so to start off with, Drew, I do want to ask you, how do you process your emotions? Well, first I go to the post office. I get an envelope. <laughs> <laughs> I send them out. <laughs> I mean, I like to sit with my emotions uh, after an event, whatever it is, high, low. Um, I like to sit with them for a moment, kind of digest them, re, re, re go over the incident or whatever happened, and kind of just see how it could have went in different aspects, depending on how I reacted or depending on how the other person reacted or whatever. I always look inward first. I think it's important to take accountability. Even if it's a situation that's cut and dry, I always like to say, well, could I have done that better myself, right? That's a good question. Could I have said that better? Even in a good situation, could I have could I have done a little better? Not to get hard on myself, but it's just like I kind of want to know where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And then from there, like I just I get through that processing phase of the thought process, and then I go to talking about it. Sometimes I write. Um, I write on a daily basis. Um, we even have a conversation about what happened or what transpired. I think it's you know reaching out to you and speaking to you about it really helps. Usually, like getting get you know talking about a dialoguing with somebody really helps it uh, come out and and whether it's intense and upsetting less intense less upsetting if it's exciting it makes it even more exciting because you can share it with somebody so yeah so what i heard was sitting with the feeling uh self-reflecting and then addressing it when with either sharing or addressing right which is all components of the framework that I have in mind to share with our listeners. But before that, I actually want to ask you another question. Um, You know that you and I have talked about on this show about our past experiences. And I think it's important to kind of talk to people about the way that we, the way that you process your emotions. Now, it sounds like it's a healthy way, right? And so many of us learn or don't learn how to process our emotions until we're adults. So I'm wondering if you can share a little bit more, whether it's a 
maybe stuff that you've shared before about like how you grew up and how your family processed the, the emotions, because I know in my family, that was certainly not the case. You know, emotions were not processed. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> if our emotions were, were male, they'd, they'd still be sitting there. Those bills would be late. <laughs> um, so in my family, poof, I would say that, I would say my father was probably the easiest one. We'll, we'll go with my dad. Um, my dad did not deal with disappointment very well. Um, whether it was a sports team losing, my dad put holes in the wall. Um, if the delivery guy forgot some sort of food, my dad screamed at the guy. I remember actually, I remember when I was a kid, I used to, it's crazy because I didn't think about this until I was like later, like as an adult. But I remember being so scared because my dad would flip out when the when the Chinese food guy forgot something that he would scream. And I remember like worrying that my dad was going to do something crazy to the guy when he got there. It was that bad. And this is like stupid stuff. Right. But just to think of that, the ferocity and the crazy, unhinged, emotional response to something as simple as a team losing a, a game or somebody who forgot something for your food. Could you imagine how unforgiving a person like that is? And that's an honest mistake. But if he made a mistake, he wanted redemption. He, he wanted to be for, forgiven for, for it without, without prejudice. And it was like, so these are, these are kind of the people that were, uh, that, that, that were around me. My mother, my mother would spaz out if something's fell on the floor and, and, and made a mess. It was a big deal. Everything was a big deal. Small things became big deals, and big deals were, as you could probably imagine, huge deals off the fucking <laughs> charts. Yeah. So for me, being around that for so long, my whole life, reactive, emotionally reactive, I'd blow a gasket over the simplest shit. I'd get pissed off. I'd punch something. Um, somebody said something mean to me, I'd punch him in the face. Like I would fight all the time. Like I was out of control as a kid growing up. I always had a chip on my shoulder. I was angry. Somebody made a comment about something constructively. I took it as a negative thing. I said a lot of negative stuff. So it was all like, like programmed into me to react this way and think that this behavior was normal. And in reality, I, I've noticed that I was always on edge. I was always like, on edge and ready to ready to argue or fight. And as an adult now, even having conversations when something is not going so well, I start to feel my, my, my heart beat very fast. It's almost like, it's like it's in me to start to get to the process of reacting. It's a really hard one, but living in that environment all the time, I didn't even realize it, there was anything wrong with it. I didn't realize that people probably perceived us as animals like, why didn't those people want to hang out with us? Or why didn't they want to come over? Or why don't those people want to associate with us? Or why did they just disappear from our lives? And I, I think about like, why, why would I want to be associated with people that act like that? That's out of control. And I thought we were, we were civilized, but in reality, it's, that's a scary thing. And my dad was a very scary person and my dad didn't care who was around. My dad would lose his shit. It was scary. So I don't know if I uh, gave you a, preview into the life of what well, preview into my life as a, as a child, but you did. Um, yeah. And it, you also gave, 
you painted a good picture of how that eventually affected your ability or maybe how that hindered your ability to process your emotions effectively. And I, and I really do genuinely thank you for sharing and being vulnerable because that's part of what I would want our listeners to take away that, you know, the way that we handle emotions really does come from our parents. And there's two things that I want to add. The first thing is in my own, in my own experience, it wasn't emotionally reactive like that, but it was definitely uh, when we talked about in one of our previous episodes, stonewalling, right? Just shutting Mm -hmm. down. I dealt with the passive aggressiveness, the guilt tripping, the being made to feel like I was doing something wrong or that I was difficult. So I didn't necessarily have good role models for processing our or my emotions either. That's the Mm -hmm. first thing. And I think that people, we all have different upbringings, but we don't always necessarily lead to different results just like you and I completely different environments and as as we got older we realized that we didn't know how to process our emotions so I hope that people can relate or can think about how their own upbringing has affected their ability to process things emotionally now if you grew up in an environment where you did learn how to process your emotions in a healthy way good for you totally commend you for it Um, We just come from a different place, both Drew and I. The other thing that I wanted to add is that this is not, I don't ask the question and we don't share, or at least I don't think that Drew shares this experience um, to bash our family members or like just to talk shit because that's not the goal. The goal is to be raw and be open and be honest because if we hadn't had those experiences, maybe we wouldn't be able to be sitting here sharing some of these things with all of you and we are using we are ultimately using our i guess like our hindrances i don't think that's a word but i think you'll get what i mean right (laughs) the things that set us back we're using them as um a springboard i actually think drew is that something that you said to me once how we need to use like the things that set us back as springboards to propel us forward versus like holding us back so i wanted to include that in there because it's important to be mindful that again this is not to bash anybody does that make sense would you agree yeah i mean disclaimer our family members do not listen to this podcast (laughs) which has a lot which says it speaks volumes already Two, if they heard this podcast, they would be offended and I would have to deal with it. We would have to deal with that anyways. So that just comes, that automatically shows you the type of mindset. And now, like I said, that does not mean that somebody can't change who they are or, sure. or be better, but you have to put in the work. Yes. So just, exactly. just putting that out there. Yeah. And I think that both you and I have put in the work and that's why we are able to share some of these things with all of you who are listening. Yes. With that being said, could transition over into how do we actually process our emotions? Um, some of what some of what you shared is in the framework that I would like to, I guess, teach right to show our listeners while including like your feedback. So I actually came up <clears throat> while I was putting this together a acronym. Well, I mean, it's an acronym. I think is a word, so I don't necessarily think it's an acronym but I think it's an acronym, if that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. (laughs) It's a four, it's a four step framework. Um, Or maybe, maybe it's like initials. I don't know. But in any case, the acronym is IAUA, right? And we'll go 
bit by bit. It's four steps. Um, and each step has questions within it. So again, if you have an opportunity to write some of these things down or maybe write it on your phone, definitely encourage you to do so. So the first one is to identify. I identify. Makes sense so far, right? Self-explanatory. Yes, that was so good. identify thoughts and feelings and also physical reactions. So within this first step is exactly what I am saying it is, right? The questions to ask ourselves is what feelings and sensations am I having? Where in my body am I feeling it? Which may feel a little uncomfortable, but that really is something that I've done for myself. I've taught it to patients and it is something that when practiced, it can be very effective because sometimes we have a really hard time changing our thoughts and our feelings. Um, but we may have an easier time working with our physical sensations because that's very in the moment. That's very real. So identifying those things, right? So that's the first step, right? The second letter is A, and that is accept. Accepting the feeling from a non-judgmental space. Drew, you actually said that you do this. You sit with your feelings, right? You sit and accept that the feelings are happening. An important question to ask ourselves in this is, am I really judging myself first? Am I judging myself for having these feelings? Because have you ever had, and Drew, this is a question to you, is have you ever had moments where you feel upset about something and then you're upset with yourself for being upset about what you're upset about? <laughs> yeah, I did, I did that today. <laughs> I did it today. I literally, I was driving and the person in front of me was not moving. And then that was a little bit of an, a little annoying. And then I was driving on the, like on the highway and there was traffic and there was a guy literally just going two miles per hour and just holding up the rest of us and the other lanes were going. And I really got pissed off. And then I was like, now you're going to signal to get over. And like, I was like frustrated. And then I sat with myself. I was like, I, I, I'm annoyed at myself of getting frustrated. It's like, Andrew, why did you have to get, let this get under your skin? Like, really? Like, really? Like that's, this is what you're going to do. You know, like, so Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I did get that myself for that one. Perfect example, right? Yes. And that's what gets in the way of our ability to process emotions. The fact that we're not only upset, but then we're harsh on ourselves for being upset. So part of a way to combat that is to ask ourselves, how bad is this feeling that I'm having? How intense is it? Right? Um, am I upset with myself for being upset? And then as you start to answer these questions and you can answer it on a scale, right? Um, scales are really good, at least in the work that I've done because it helps narrow it down. It helps it get specific. So on a scale of one to 10, how intense is this feeling that I'm experiencing right now? Um, is it a 10? Like I'm ready to like flip tables. Is it a five where I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of getting there, et cetera, et cetera. So that's the first part of accepting. Then starts to actually incorporate, then you start to actually incorporate the way to accept the feeling, if that makes sense. Did that make sense? I'm not sure. And the yes. way to do that is to have the mindset of approaching, approaching it with curiosity and openness. And what that means is asking yourself, what can I do to help me tolerate this emotion or feeling? So this is along the lines of inserting a coping tool, where it, whether it's something like if you're really angry, and you have like in your home, go grab a cube of ice and smash it in your hand because that helps you feel centered. Um, 
to the physical sensation, stuff like that. That's just an example, but that is a question. What can I do to help me tolerate this feeling right now? Make sense so far? Yes. I want to make sure that it makes sense to you because if I'm going too fast and rambling, then maybe the listener feels the same way. <laughs> no, it's formatted very well. A, okay. lot of, a lot of thought was put into this. So, Thank you. So now we move on to the third part of the acronym, which is you. And this means understanding why you are having this feeling. What is happening? And the big, big question to ask yourself in this part is what what need is not being met because that's ultimately what happens when we get upset frustrated angry triggered by something some type of need is not being met whether it's a financial need a physical need an emotional need psychological need um i can't think of any other need at the top there's, of my head yeah there's, there's plenty out there <laughs> yes. we all have some, some sort of yes. one that we can find I'm sure. yes so like for example, for me, um, a, a trigger when like I talk to my mom, one of my needs that is not being met and I recognize that is my boundaries. I know I've talked about boundaries before. I love boundaries, very big on boundaries. So is a boundary being crossed? Are you feeling disrespected? I know respect, Drew, is really big in your life. When you feel disrespected, it kind of like sends you on like, whoa, like what's happening here? I do not allow that, right? Do you feel unsupported? Do you feel unheard? All of these questions fall under the what need is not being met. Yes. Make sense? Mm -hmm. Now we get to number four, which is the last A, and that is address. Addressing the emotions. How will you choose to handle what you're experiencing? How will you choose to handle what need is not being met? Drew, you mentioned this earlier. You said that as you sit with the feelings and you ask yourself self-reflective questions, sometimes you journal, sometimes you talk about it. I know that you and I, like just on a daily basis, we talk about our day and what are things yes. that came up for us, et cetera, et cetera. This is what addressing the emotions refers to. Can you journal? Do you need to reestablish a boundary? Do you need to realign with your own values? Do you need to have an uncomfortable conversation? Do you need to address some of your own distorted thinking? Like I said before, you know, when you get upset with yourself about being upset, do you need to address that? Do you need to address what's happening there? Um, yeah. So those are the four uh, steps, right? I-A-U-A. -A, identify, accept, understand, and address. Now, just a disclaimer, right? Ideally and hypothetically, this is all so like e so easily said and done, right? Realistically, um, I want to encourage anybody listening that it, this process of learning how to emotionally process takes time. Sometimes it is really hard to just identify what it is that you're feeling physically. If you don't think about it, how are you going to know? So within emotional processing comes something that I really advocate for is practicing self-compassion. Allow yourself space to think about these things. Allow yourself space to get it wrong because you will get it wrong. You know, Drew and I come from upbringings where we didn't know how to process our emotions. It's not like one day I just woke up and knew how to do it. It doesn't work that way, right? Drew, I think Drew's like nodding his head this whole time. So he agrees. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
I mean, so many different, I mean, I, I could probably write a book. We could all write books on our lives and the things that we went through and what not to do, what to do. The best, the, all, the most awesome part about this is because we've been through this in our lives, we could automatically look at this and be like, wow, I could, I could explain this. And just based on our, our past history and the things that we've been through, it's easy to tie a literally anything to any of these, these situations and, and, and explain it. I mean, makes us good teachers, right? The experience. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And within that is what I was just saying before. It'll take time, just like it took time for us to develop this. Just because Drew and I have really good communication between us doesn't mean we're not constantly working on it. Sometimes Drew will ask me, how can I best support you right now? And I will say, I honestly, I don't know. I haven't quite figured it out yet. And that's also okay too. So for you, our listeners, um, it's okay if you don't get it right the first time, the second time, the third time. What is important is that you try. And our goal, not just my goal, our goal in teaching you guys these things, even though Drew let me take the reins, but I don't think that he would take the reins if he didn't think it was something valuable or something that makes sense. <laughs> we talked about it beforehand. So. <laughs> yes, we, we do. We do actually prepare for these episodes. We don't just talk out of our asses all day. <laughs> so, most of the time, yeah. Sometimes we have like those fun, like, um, like when we do questions to a therapist or questions from a therapist that we just recently started doing as well. But yes, we definitely put thought, and the goal is for you to take something away, whether it's just asking yourself, what bodily sensations am I feeling right now? What need is not being met? And so forth and so forth. And before I just continue to ramble, I think this is a good point to just kind of like finish the episode. And I think I I summarized and, you know, we encourage you to go back and listen and write down these questions, or maybe just when you're having a hard day or when you're having a good day, right? This is one of the great things about this content. It's that it is out there and it stays out there. So you can always go back to it. And we've said this before and we'll say it again. If we can add value in any way, shape or form and help one person's life, then it fits into the model of our podcast, which is building a more meaningful life. So we thank you all for listening. Drew's like smiling at me. <laughs> Drew, do you want to, actually before we end, Drew, is there anything that you want to add about <laughs> the last uh, 20 something minutes that you've pretty much heard me speak and heard me teach this um, framework? Honestly, I would just like to thank you for giving such value and preparing for this. I mean, I wish we give a, a round of applause, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, the value that's being delivered right now and just sit down with yourself and compartmentalize, take some inventory in your life and start. Take one step at a time. This is not a race. This is your life and it's up to you. Yeah, that's a great way to end it. Thank you all for listening. <laughs>